Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer, they will help you out. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine sitting in a bunker. All of your friends are dead. You are surrounded on all sides as the enemy closes in. I want you to think about what's going through your mind at that point in time. Is it fear? Is it resignation? Is it anger? Is it sadness? Whatever you're feeling, I want you to think about having the presence of mind to call in an artillery strike on yourself as one final act. Today we are going to talk about what I find to be one of the most fascinating battles out there. Not necessarily for the battle itself, although the battle itself is sweet and fascinating and we're going to dig into it today. It's awesome. But for what it meant for a nation, one of the great nations of the last, gosh, 500 years, no doubt, 1,000 maybe, depending on how far back you want to go. You see, let's backtrack just a bit, and you'll notice I do that a lot. And I do that because one of the things I find so fascinating about history is how it all blends together. We we learn about one thing, you know, at a time, whether it's your history class or maybe you're watching a documentary, maybe you're doing this, doing that, and you're learning about this, or this is a... Uh, this is uh, World War One. This is uh, the Civil War. And you learn about that. But as soon as you step back, man, you find out everything that happened before had a lot to do with that. And then you step back some more and everything be- happened before that had a lot to do with that. And it just, it all blends together. We're going to get to the battle of Dien Bien Phu in 1954 in Vietnam. You've never heard of it, Chris? Oh, you're about to. This massive battle between France and the Viet Minh, the commies in Vietnam. We're going to get there. But you can't just jump in there. In fact, you have to really select your spot where you want to jump in. I find that to be fascinating. Extremely fascinating. I mean, the guy at Dien Bien Phu... He he was born in the 1800s. Isn't that weird? The general for the Vietnamese in Dien Bien Phu was born in the 1800s. Now France. Let us get to France. You can make the argument. This is only my argument. This is actually not one I've read, watched, listened to. You can make the argument World War I broke France permanently. Not, not for a few years. Not for, broke France permanently. In the same way 
star running back, the best in the world, runs into somebody he shouldn't in a way he shouldn't, knee is blown, and now he's just a step slower, and now those cuts he used to make, he can't make them anymore. And now that guy he used to run over, he can't run him over anymore. Only he's used to still doing all that, so he's still trying to make that cut, and he's still trying to run people over. Instead, he's getting blasted game after game after game, and now his body's breaking down. The rest of it's breaking down because he's trying to play like the biggest, fastest guy on the field, and he ain't the biggest, fastest guy on the field anymore. And that's getting worse and worse by the day. This is by far not a World War I story. We've talked about that enough. Just know, just remember, as I've told you a million times, more French, more Brits, more Italians died in World War I than in World War II. In World War I, on the Western Front anyway, which was the main front, took place in France. Not in Britain, not in Germany, on French soil, and they lost over one million dead on top of the gruesome, gruesome casualties and injuries. Injuries, war injuries have always been a thing, right? You can look and see a old cannonball wound on a guy's armor. From the Napoleonic era. There's actually a picture floating around online about that. It's really cool. There's a big hole in the guy's chest. I mean, it wasn't cool for that guy, I'm sure, but there's a big hole in the guy's armor, and it shows where a cannonball went through. War wounds and injuries got a lot more gruesome in World War I. All of a sudden, you're showing up back home. You have veterans showing up back home. One guy didn't have eyes or a nose anymore. France was broken after World War I. So broken, they tried to take their pound of flesh with the Treaty of Versailles, but broken. And not only broken militarily, just as a nation, socialism began to rise rapidly in the French army towards the end of World War I. They actually had many executions of people who were flat out mutinying because there was a socialist revolution going on. People's rights, we don't want to die for your war anymore type thing. And let's be honest, as much as you and I despise socialism, don't you think that's a lot more appealing when you're in year three of dying in a trench with everyone else? What am I dying for? Screw these people in charge. You know, it sounds nice always. And the country's political system was breaking up Because they lost too many men. Yeah, they won World War I, but they lost too many men. A nation, a nation our size, 330 million, cannot withstand the loss of over a million dead of your young men. And you build nations on your young men. You do. Chris, do me a favor because I don't do research for the show while I'm talking. Look up the total population for France in World War I. It broke them. They move on. World War II comes around. Again, this is not a World War II story, so I'm not going to belabor the point. 
But remember, this is a very, 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 very proud country. Right up to World War II, this country militarily has a record that will stack up against virtually anybody for a long period of time. We're talking Napoleon, baby. We're talking World War I. Frenchmen standing there taking it on the chin. Then World War II comes around. You have the superior army. Remember, in the Battle of France, Hitler was not supposed to win that. The French had superior numbers, superior equipment. The, the French should have won that. Hitler invades against the advice of his generals and blows you off the map in six weeks. You just stood toe-to-toe with Germany from 1914 to 1918 and acquitted yourself very, very well. Six weeks. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. You know that they will take your house away from you, right? If your home title gets stolen, jacked, whatever word you want to put on it, and you can't get it taken care of, they will take your home. That's how this works. The FBI is not freaking out about this crime just for no reason at all. Home title theft is a big, big, big deal. They can't wrap their minds around how to stop it yet, how to stop these criminals. And so you have to take care of that on your own, meaning you need HomeTitleLock.com to make sure your home title does not get stolen. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com and put in the code JESSE, that'll get you 30 free days of protection. But whether you do that or not, at least go register your address at HomeTitleLock.com and find out if you're already a victim of it, and you might be. Don't lose your home. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. I'm trying to make you understand how a nation falls before we get to DMVN foo before I'm trying to make you understand my French theory that World War I ended the nation. In 1910, the average life expectancy was 50 years old in France. You know what it was in 1915? 36. France lost over 4% of its population in World War I. Over 4% of its population. Wrap your mind around that. You understand that would be like 13 million Americans dying over 13 million. You, You get that, right? What would the impact be on our nation if we went and fought a war and 13 million Americans died. You can't wrap your you can't wrap your mind around it. 
That's what happened to France. They get to World War II. They're still strong on paper, but mentally broken on top. Again, I make all the excuses for them in the world for Battle of France. I know it's fun to make fun of them. But as soon as they got in a bad spot, and they got in a bad spot early because Germany had a brilliant plan, what do you think was going through the mind of every single French leader in general? You know, what was it? Oh, no, not again. We can't do this again. And they they capitulate. Hitler's rolling through Paris. You've all seen the you've all seen the video by now. I love it that I can say with confidence that they've all seen the video, Chris, because there's no doubt my audience at this point has seen a World War II documentary with Hitler driving through Paris. Some everyone, ninety nine point nine nine percent of them have. Now, your France, you up to World War II had the proudest of proud military histories. Germany comes in, takes your pants down, gives you a big old spanking on the world stage. And what else happened in World War II that would have wounded French pride? Britain looked real good. Didn't they? Isn't World War II, as much as anything, a British success story? It's an incredible, incredible stance, show of grit from Britain. Well, I don't know if you've heard this, but Britain and France, they don't really get along historically. I realize they're not enemies at this time, but if you think France coming off a massive humiliation like that, while her arch nemesis comes off a big win like that, if you think that didn't affect France, you're crazy. Again, got broken in World War I. Now you're getting more and more injured. Now that brings us to our current situation. Remember, this is still, it's funny to think about how recent this was. Because most of you, I mean, some of you were, but most of you were not even alive during this time. I understand we have some World War II, vet list, World War II vets listening, and that's really, really freaking cool. But most of you were not alive during this time. This was still a colonial era. Britain had colonies. France had colonies. And remember, we've talked before about how World War II and what took place there really finished the colonial era for two different reasons. One... After you witness what Hitler just did, storming into places, occupying, taking over, it gets more and more difficult if you're a country like Britain, a country like France, to justify having a little colony. Doesn't it? Doesn't it look bad? No, you're not storming in there. No, we're not making concentration camps. Well, no, they're their own place. I mean, yes, we're going to pick the rules, but they're their own place. All right, never mind. We're not really picking the rules anymore, but, oh, those natural resources? Yeah, we're going to want first dibs on those. No, we'll pay you for them at, like, one-fourth of market price, but we're going to pay you. You see what I mean? 
you try and try to make it look good. But during this time, especially, it doesn't look very good when everyone's a little extra sensitive about a European power storming in and stomping on everybody. And there's a second reason. Not only is this, not only are we leaving the colonial era and it looks bad. Remember, lots of times now, because we've moved out of the, no, we're going to have a British governor and we're telling you what to do. Now we have to move into a soft era where they have to sell it. And part of how they sold it was they called themselves a protectorate. No, we're not in charge. We're not ruling you. We're protecting you. We're going to help you along. We're going to get you some modern water and sewer system. Oh, look, some fancy buildings for you. Don't, don't you like that, you, you dirty savages? See that? We're helping you. And don't forget, part of the beauty of being under France and Britain. Remember, col- the colonial age is not all bad. People sell it as all bad. It's not all bad because there were advantages. It's no different than being under the Roman umbrella. A protectorate means protectorate, Jack. Nobody can mess with you. Except what happened in World War II. France. France had Indochina. Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam. France fell in six weeks to Germany. Who came rolling on into Indochina in World War II? Japan. How did Japan conquer nations in World War II? Chris, was it really lovely or was it medieval times? They did. Japan, their barbarism had far-reaching consequences. They came in, they raped on a mass scale murders of babies. These stories are true. Life under Japanese rule when they came storming in was ugly. And you know I'm like the biggest Japanese fan in the world. Let's not sugarcoat it. It was it was Genghis Khan stuff. So what's going through your mind if you're Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, and you have big brother France who's going to protect you from all this stuff, and then France gets knocked out with one punch and your country gets pillaged? Yeah. People begin to chafe. This protectorate, for being a protectorate, I don't feel very protected. And they really begin to chafe. And now, post-World War II, Vietnam has a real commie thing going on. This is the era of Mao. This is the era of the communist rise in Russia. This is the era where communism begins to get its foothold, and the commies in Vietnam do not want France there any longer. Well, here's the problem if you're France, and this is a real problem. Remember, under my theory... Their career was over after World War I. They just didn't know it yet. World War II, another massive injury. Now, okay, our pride is wounded. Britain just had this huge win in World War II. They look great. We look like a bunch of saps. This once proud country is famously made fun of for being a bunch of weaklings. 
We can't let these dirty savages in Vietnam kick us out. And remember, racism is everywhere, was and is everywhere. There are French writings talking about little yellow people and stuff like that. That's how people talked back then. Hang on. I slept for 11 hours Saturday night. I am not trying to rub it in your face. I take that back. I actually am trying to rub it in your face. But I love my ebb sleep. And if you don't sleep well every night, you need an ebb sleep. And when I say every night, it's because this is what I get when I tell my friends about it, how much I love it. This is what I get. Oh, I mean, no, I didn't sleep well the last two nights, but I bet I'll get a good night's sleep tonight. That's not how the human body works. That's not how the mind works. You need a good night's sleep every night. When you start stringing those days together of good night's sleep, you can't imagine how much it changes how your body physically feels, let alone mentally. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryeb.com slash jesse. While you're there, use the promo code jesse. Get 25 bucks off. You can try it risk-free for 60 nights. Tryeb.com slash jesse. You're France, you're embarrassed, and now, who, Vietnam, they're Asian. We're not going to get kicked around by some Asians, we're France, and that's how they thought then. And don't do that thing. We're all those dirty racists, we're so superior today, oh, shut up. I know the thoughts that go through your head today, too. You're just ashamed to say them. Everyone carries around some sort of prejudice in some way. The people who say they don't and swear they don't are the ones who have some real dark stuff in there. It's fine. We can joke about things and talk about things. But that is how they thought back then. And remember, it went, It was vice versa. The Japanese thought they were superior to everyone. You know, it's not... It didn't go one way. Well, you can't allow this to happen if you're France. You cannot allow Vietnam to break away in their minds. Your pride has been wounded badly. You can't allow this to happen. At the same time, post-World War II France, have you ever, my word, seen their political situation? It was... Complete collapse. We're talking about a complete change of the government all the time. It was disaster. And who are the generals you want to send to Vietnam? Who's the military star who's going to volunteer to go to Vietnam? Remember, when you get to a high enough level as a general, you don't have to go anywhere. You can always just say, oh, actually, I'm retiring. The lower guys have to go where they're told. The big shots? Well, you can either put me up at a very nice residence in Saigon with about 12 Vietnamese cooks and housemaids so I don't have to lift a finger. 
a personal driver, everything else, or I'm going to retire. And don't kid yourself, that's very much how that works once you get to that level. Now, which general post-World War II France in this situation is volunteering to go fight a thankless war in Vietnam against an opponent there's no glory in beating. And remember, a lot of these guys, I'm not indicting them. That's the mentality. You're in it for the glory. Where's the glory in beating a bunch of ragtag Viet Minh? Remember, they weren't Viet Cong yet. That was Vietnam. These were called Viet Minh. They were the ones who turned into the Viet, not Viet Cong. They were the communist guerrilla forces in Vietnam. Where's the, where's the, uh, we're France. Where's the honor in beating these dirt balls? So, you don't get the best leadership. I mean, don't get me wrong. As you'll see, we had some lions over there for France, but on the leadership level, oof. And they decide they're going to come up with a plan. You see, France does want out of Vietnam, but what France cannot accept at this point in time on the world stage, remember, pride is an ugly thing, what France cannot what they can't accept right now is another humiliation. Yes, we're going to leave Vietnam. We went out of Vietnam. We don't want to be a colonial power, everyone. We're not, we're not here to stay. But you can't leave with your tail tucked between your legs. You have to leave with some serious concessions. You have to leave, if you're France, with some serious pride-saving stuff. Well, here's the problem. You have, if you're France, severely, severely underestimated what you're up against. One, you underestimated the capability of your enemy. The viciousness of your enemy, which we'll come back to in a second. And you've underestimated how committed they are because what have we always talked about and always will when it comes to wars and battles? Man. It is awfully tough to march into someone else's homeland and get anything done. If I were to airlift you into a patch of grass in Zimbabwe right now and put a mud hut behind you that you'd never seen before and had an enemy army swarming at you how hard would you fight before you threw your weapon down, ran away, maybe hid? Not, not indicting you. How hard would you fight? Now what if I stood you in front of your home with your wife and children on the inside and an enemy army coming? How hard are you fighting now? Yeah, you're going to have to carry my dead body away. It's just hard in someone else's homeland. It always has been, always will be. The French come up with a plan. There is a place in northern Vietnam called Dien Bien Phu. And you need to understand what this looks like. One, let's be clear about something. The French picked Dien Bien Phu for a very specific reason. Its location means the French could cut off the Vietnamese from being supplied. Who were the Vietnamese commies being supplied by? Well, the sorry thing about those commies is they stick together a lot. Russia and China 
were pouring supplies, pouring supplies on these commies. These guys weren't up there fighting with, you know, bamboo dart guns. We're talking artillery and things. Pouring supplies in there, and France knows this. France decides they're going to plop a base at Dien Bien Phu because it's strategically located to try to cut off the supply from the Vietnamese and, and I mean, 2020's hindsight, but boy, does this look bad in retrospect. They picked it because it would be an appealing place for the Vietnamese to, to attack them. Why does it look so appealing? Have you ever seen one of those gigantic nacho bowls that you lay out on Super Bowl Sunday? I'm talking this super, super wide bowl. And then there's a wee little mini bowl in the middle where you put your queso or salsa. And then you fill the wide bowl around it with chips. Even if you haven't seen one, you can understand what I'm talking about. Right, Chris? The base was in the middle of the mini bowl. Dien Bien Phu is a valley. You can go Google image search pictures of it. I tell you to do that a lot because it adds something to the story when you look at it. It just gets you some idea of it. Dien Bien Phu is a valley. They plop the base in this valley, and they plop the base in a place where there are hills, little mini hills within the valley surrounding it. Surrounding it. They plop it in between there. They build up their base. They are French. They have artillery pieces. They have tanks. They have French foreign legion guys. And it should be noted, let's take a just a brief moment on the French foreign legion. Get this. You know the French foreign legion, lots of those guys aren't French, right? What year is it at the start of this whole thing? You know we had a lot of Germans in the French Foreign Legion at this time? Do you know there were Waffen-SS troops in the French Foreign Legion at this time? Former Waffen-SS troops. But that's another matter. I just thought that was a cool little tidbit. Now, you are parked there. You want them to come attack you. That's what France's plan is. Come attack us. We have the superior troops, superior artillery, and... We have what we really need. We have an airstrip. Then we have these little hills so we can guard our airstrip. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. I lost my Raycon earbuds, which is uh, devastating. And when I say lost, I mean they were stolen by my wife. My wife doesn't even use earbuds or never did before, but she heard me bragging to a friend about it, decided she was going to pop them in because there was some show she was listening to as she was cleaning around the house this weekend. She air fingers, quote, borrows them and then informs me when I come looking for them that they're hers now. 
So I lost them. And now I have to go to buy, buyraycon.com slash jesse myself and buy myself a brand new pair. The good news is they're like half the price of the other expensive earbuds. And I love these things. It should tell you how great they are that my wife, who doesn't even use earbuds, stole mine. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off. General Jip. He is the man in charge for Vietnam. He, believe it or not, and I love this. I, I love this part of it. I'm floored. The guy had no military training at all. He was a history teacher. I'm not making this up. But the guy is thought of, to this day, by great military minds, he's thought of as a military genius. No military education, no fancy schools. He loved Napoleon. How ironic is that? He, he loved to read about Napoleon and his great successes. That was just what he did. He lived, I love this guy, they need to make a movie about him. He lived in a grass hut. <laughs> and he's the general in charge of the commie Vietnamese. What a stud. He has a plan. You see that airstrip with those little mountains in the inner circle around it. That airstrip is the only way the French army gets supplied. They have buried themselves on purpose. Remember, they made themselves bait on purpose. They buried themselves in the middle of commie territory. There is no road. There are no trucks. There's no railroad. There's no way in and out. There are two ways to get supplies into the French at this base. One, you have to land something at the airstrip, and that's the best way to supply it. Two, you can parachute some things in if you have to. And this is difficult to explain so I'm going to put it in a way that I think you can probably understand when it comes to supplies. Because we talk so much about supplies and logistics. Me, Marine Corps days. If I am loading up and I'm loading up and we're getting ready to go on a hump, a march into combat. I am going to have 60, 70, 80 pounds of gear on my body. That's that's about what I'm going to be able to withstand, and I'm going to have that much on me. Between, remember, I need water. I have water. I have grenades. I have a flak jacket. My flak jacket has plates I put inside of it. Those are extremely heavy. All this is heavy already. That's before I start strapping magazines to my body. Various other items to my body. I'm going to have a knife. These things are all very heavy already. We haven't even gotten to my pack. My pack is going to be packed minimally, right? But still, I need some things. I'm going to need water. I'm going to need to eat. 
I'm going to carry a day's rations, maybe two max, but a day's rations on me. Five, six, seven, eight magazines, depending on how decked out I want to be. By the time I'm done, I have 60, 70, 80 pounds of gear on my body. Are you ready for this? I'm one person, 60, 70, 80 pounds of gear on my body that's going to last me a day. One day. Now, what does that look like as far as necessary supplies for a hundred dudes? A thousand dudes, 10,000 dudes, 20,000 men. How much do they need in supply in a given day? And we haven't even mentioned the big stuff. That was me as a regular infantry grunt. Let's talk about the artillery that they have there. Okay, you've got the artillery pieces there. Do you have any idea how big, heavy, and cumbersome artillery shells are? How much they weigh. They have tanks there. Tanks not only need shells for the big guns. Tanks need machine gun ammunition. Tanks need fuel. Does fuel weigh anything? That airstrip, I'm trying to explain it to you, is everything. There is nothing else if you're the French army but that airstrip because your army doesn't have anything. It can't resupply itself. Now let's go to the Viet Minh. The Viet Minh are working their way into the mountains surrounding Dien Bien Phu. Now remember, the French know they're there. They're sending out patrols. They're getting enough. They know they're there. They know they're there kind of. Here's what they don't know. They don't have a clue how many artillery pieces the Viet Minh have. They don't know the quality of the artillery pieces. And part of the reason they don't know is because these Vietnamese people, as we discovered later on in Vietnam, are freaking rats. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean, these people burrow their way through the earth in a way that you can't even describe. Trenches, tunnels, pits in the ground. They're burying their artillery pieces. Now, that's the good part of it. Here's the bad part of it, depending on how you want to look at it. These North Vietnamese, these Viet Minh, these commies, they're also commies. And commies don't have a great regard for human life, to put it mildly. Hang on, I'll explain. You need a security system in your home. right? I, you, you've really never heard me say that before, but it is time. Look around you. Look at what is happening in this society, in this world. It's just not enough to lock the door at night anymore. It is a crazy world. People are going nuts. We still have unemployed people, criminals everywhere, shootings, rioting, burning. Get a safe in your home. And you don't have to go through this whole thing of a guy coming out to install it and all these other things. No, you have, and I quote, 
the best overall home security of 2020, end quote, right at your fingertips. It's called Simply Safe. Go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse, order your stuff, get the box, open the box, place the sensors, and plug it in, and boom, you have 24 7 professionally monitored home security. Simplysafe.com slash Jesse. You are the Viet Minh. China and Russia may be sending you all kinds of artillery and supplies and ammunition, but this is still a third world country at this time. You, you don't have an airstrip. You don't have airplanes. You don't have tanks. You have some Russian cargo trucks they've given you, but what don't you have for the trucks? You don't have roads, not truck roads, but you're a communist. You have no regard for human life. You believe everything is a collective that serves the greater good. What do you have? You got a whole bunch of poor farmers out there and you've got a gun. Again, there's a positive and a negative to everything, isn't there? Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You see, the commies, they needed roads 500 miles worth of roads zigzagging through the jungles, through the mountains. They didn't have bulldozers. What they did have was a bunch of farmers and no regard for human life. So they, how do we want to put it, impressed Essentially, they walk into a village. You're coming with me. That's what they did. That's what they did. They forced these people pick up a shovel and go dig. Now, forced or not, I wasn't there. 
I don't know how willing some of them came along. I'm sure some of them willingly came along, but they dug through, dug out those roads, dug out those paths big time. And I mean a lot of them. It's considered a modern military wonder what these people were able to do by hand. It really it is astounding what they accomplished. They surround the French at Dien Bien Phu. The French have absolutely no idea. They don't know how many people they're dealing with. They don't know how well equipped the people they're dealing with are. And what they don't know is that General Jip on the Vietnamese side is a boss. And... The French commander in charge of all this. Remember, we're at Dien Bien Phu, right? We're in North Vietnam, up towards the border. The French commander, overall commander. Do you know where he is at this time? Saigon in South Vietnam. I'm sure luxuriating in a villa somewhere. Well... General Jep knows exactly what he wants to do. He wants to take the airstrip. He wants to take the little hills around the airstrip. And he knows he has to deal with the French artillery, so he keeps his artillery relatively buried and hidden. He has his people, because again, remember, this is how the Vietnamese fight, freaking tunnel rats. They start digging trenches, lots of them, similar to World War I, and digging trenches towards the French lines. The French are actually unaware of the advancement of so many of these Viet Minh as they tunnel their way down. Then, they begin the bombardment. And these French hills surrounding the airbase in the middle, interestingly enough, They're named things like Beatrice and Anne-Marie. They're named after all the mistresses of one of the French generals on the ground. And the French are not idiots, okay? They may be old, broken down, broken fighter, but the French are not morons. They know that airstrip is important. They put a command post. They put people. They put a little mini fire base, if you want to call it, on each one of these hills with a man in charge of it. Keep these hills. Hold these hills. But here's the problem. They start getting blown off the map right away, and it just feels sometimes, the more you read history, the more you listen about it, the more you watch it, it feels like, like some things are inevitable. Get this. One of, if not the first artillery shell that lands on Beatrice when the Viet Minh open up their attack blows up their commander. What are the odds of that? Blows up their commander. They do not attack all the hills simultaneously. Remember, this General Giep is no dummy. He focuses on one hill at a time. All the other hills get some artillery, yeah. But what he does is bombard a hill like Beatrice. It was the first to fall. And then he sends human waves after it. Again, there are a lot of disadvantages to being a dirty commie. You never want to be one of those. One of the advantages when it comes to combat, as we saw the Russians in World War II, 
is you don't have any regard for human life at all, including your own troops. Now, that sucks if you're one of those troops. If you're a commander, it's quite an advantage. You 5,000 guys, go charge that machine gun nest. Wait, what? Why? No, you just go if you're a commie. And there are stories about these Vietnamese, these Viet Minh, being ordered to and throwing themselves over the machine gun hole of a pillbox so the machine gun will only shoot that guy and tear him to shreds but can't shoot the assault force that's running past anymore. That is bravery, ladies and gentlemen. The French, for their part, are fighting as best they can, but remember how broken the French leadership is and remember the quality of the French senior officers on the first day of combat after they get blown off Beatrice and lose Beatrice, the French artillery officer in charge apologizes to his federal officers, walks down into a bunker, grabs a fragmentation grenade, pulls the pin on it, and holds it to his chest. Holds it to his chest. I am not here to do a little side note on suicide and things like that. I, people have their demons. That's not my not my point. When you're in combat, when you're leading men in combat, and you get to a place as a commander, you're so despondent, you go kill yourself on day one of the battle rather than fight with your men you have a broken leadership structure of a broken nation. That more than anything else convinced me France is broken forever. Now, we're not going to indict all the French troops. You see, they moved right from Beatrice on to the other hills. I think it was day two or three. They took a second one. And officially at this point in time, the battle was over even if nobody acknowledged it yet, because once they took the second hill, the airstrip is now in Vietnamese control. You can't land an airplane on it, or the Vietnamese will blow that airplane to bits. Well, what are you supposed to do now without food, without ammo resupplies, with our artillery resupplies? They're trying to parachute them in, and they did parachute things in, but you realize what a nightmare it is to parachute in supplies, how inaccurate it can be. There are stories of these parachute drops, and we're talking parachute drops that can weigh a ton or more. I'm not talking about a little package here. can weigh a ton or more parachute drops landing on the French troops, as in killing somebody. Some of them landing with the Vietnamese forces, resupplying the enemy. Again, you're subject to wind. You're su- it's an inexact science. It's a disaster. You can't. You need too much stuff. France is relaying this information back to their commander. Their commander's relaying this information to France, to the leadership in France. The leadership in France is frantic. They're also censoring all of this from the press. The media thinks they're winning the battle. And because France is utterly broken at this point in time, 
from top to bottom, broken, rotted out. Guess who's supplying 90, well, 80% of the French supplies? I'll tell you in a sec. Jesse Kelly on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. I love having Simply Safe. It makes me sleep better at night knowing my home is secure. And I'll tell you something else. It makes me feel better when I'm gone and the family's there to know that Simply Safe is monitoring my home security system 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it includes emergency dispatch. And get this, the prices, they start at 50 cents a day. I'm not making that up. The prices start at 50 cents a day, and it could not possibly be easier. All you have to do is go to simplysafe.com slash jesse, pick out what you want, They'll send it to you, you open the box, you place the sensors, and you plug them in, and you are protected. And when you go to simplysafe.com slash jesse, that gets you free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simplysafe.com slash jesse. Chris, here's the problem. We laugh about these inappropriate things off air. That one's so funny, I'm tempted to link to it on the show page. Now, the problem is it contains a cuss word. And you know I don't cuss on the show. It's a family show. I realize it's not a terrible cuss word. It's the B word. Just a heads up for everybody. There is... I mean, it's kind of insulting to America, too, but, I mean, there's a pants-weddingly funny meme about Vietnam taking on France and America and whatnot. I am going to have Chris quote-tweet it or retweet it on the Jesse Kelly Show Twitter page. It's at Jesse Kelly Show, J-E-S-S-E-K-E-L-L-Y, at Jesse Kelly Show on Twitter. I'm going to have him link to it. Do not go if you're a child. Again, it's not dirty in any way. It's just a bad I just cuss word on there. I don't like, you know, I don't need kids reading that stuff. It's very freaking funny. And I mean, it's really freaking funny. <laughs> we have a sickness, Chris. We have a sickness. Now, now it's only a matter of time for France because they're surrounded. The United States of America is actually the one supplying 80% of the arms. Now, why would we be doing this for France? We're worried about the commies. We're worried about communist expansion. We understand very well that China and Russia are helping out Vietnam, trying to spread the cause of communism. This is a time where we were rightly very panicked about such a thing. Little did we know they were going to take over America, but that's another story entirely. 
France couldn't handle the supply situation. We were the supply juggernaut of the world at this point. So the United States of America was supplying everything. Now, once France got themselves in trouble, they started looking around at the rest of the world to help. But remember, this is a French colony. The rest of the world is coming off of World War II pretty recently. This is 1954. The rest of the world's not coming. Nobody's coming. The airstrip is gone. And now the French have to stand and die for 50-some days at Fu. They start running out of food. It's kind of hilarious. They never ran out of wine. I think it's really funny that the French, even up to this point in time, would ship mass quantities of wine to the troops. <laughs> There's nothing more French than that. But the French would do these incredible things. Like, like remember that opening I asked about to imagine that? That really happened on one of those hills. They had been fighting for it and fighting for it and fighting for it. And the French are calling for artillery and calling for artillery and calling for reinforcements. And they're fighting tooth and nail trying to make it. Trying to get it done. And finally, the last man or men, it's only a few of them left, are in there by the radio tower on this hill. They know there are no more reinforcements coming. They're surrounded by the enemy, and this dude picks up the radio and calls an artillery barrage down on himself so he can take a lot of them with him. And I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I find that to be the most brave, glorious, freaking inspiring thing I've ever heard of in my life. There are other stories like that out there. Americans have done it. People have done it. There's a great story. Uh, the great Dan Carlin has in one of his hardcore history podcasts about a Russian dude in Stalingrad doing it. He's the last man. German units are on him, calls in an artillery barrage on himself and says, good night. It's just, man, that's freaking awesome. The French lose the battle of the MBM foo. We could go on all day talking about all 50 days. You don't have to, you know how it goes from here. Airstrips gone. Supplies are gone. There was one woman with the French there. She's still honored to this day. They call her an angel trying to care for the wounded. The wounded can't get evacuated. Remember there's no airstrip. She's running out of medical supplies They're digging beds for the wounded into the walls of an underground tunnel and lining them with parachutes for mattresses. She's telling stories and told stories after the fact about how they'd get letters airdropped to them from home. And some of the wounded men, one of the wounded guys she talked about, she would skip over some of the heartbreaking parts from his wife. Just gut-wrenching stuff. France loses that battle. France loses Vietnam. France gets kicked out of Vietnam. France, once 
the heavyweight champion of the world off and on again was never ever the same and is still not to this day. I will tell you, I don't know what the future holds exactly for the United States of America, but I know this for a fact. For a fact. I'm not trying to bring you down. We are, we have crossed the peak and we are on the other side of it. We have entered an era as a nation for a million and one reasons, and we'll break some of them down. We have entered an era as a nation where we are soft, way too emotional, way too weak and scared and broken. We have deprioritized. I don't even know if that's a word, but I went to community college. We have deprioritized family and faith and success. And we've somehow prioritized seeking out every disgusting, rotten thing out there and made that something greatness. We've made it something to achieve. We I'm, I'm looking at a headline right here. Do you remember what we used to scream at Obama about when it came to spending? Do you remember we used to yell at Barack Obama because he would rack up $1 trillion deficits? A trillion dollar deficit in a year. Remember that, right? I remember. I was yelling too. One year, $1 trillion deficit. Do you know what the U.S. budget deficit was for June? For June. billion. We have, I know you're not all feeling it yet because we've managed to kick the can down the road and artificially hold interest rates low. We've managed to do so many of these things. You're not feeling it yet, but we have set our financial system back decades. You and I If you are listening to me at this moment, you will never see the money we've already spent in the last few months paid off in your lifetime. Soak that in. Soak that in for a moment. Wiped out jobs, livelihoods, businesses, the financial system. We've wrecked the mental health of an already fragile nation as we now burn down cities. We're hurting kids' mental health. We're telling them they can't go back to school. We've destroyed this place. And why? For a virus with 99.98% survivability rate. Good grief. I do not go a single day now without using my Raycon earbuds. Not a single day. And one nice little perk of the Raycon earbuds, on top of the fact they're easy to connect Bluetooth-wise, a nice perk of them, they have different sizes for your bud, for for the bud that goes in your ear. Um, 
your canals are different sizes. I don't know if you know this, but thank goodness Raycon does. And I didn't personally have to adjust mine, but you may, and mine are perfect. It even lets me go for a run, and they don't fall out of my ears. When I'm driving, I use them. When I'm walking around the halls here at work, I use them. When I'm running, I use them. I'm going to wear the things out at some point in time, and then I'm going to buy some new ones. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. When you go there, that gets you 15% off the already great price. Buyraycon.com slash jesse. Something we talk about a lot on the show and are going to continue to talk about on the show until we're finally out of that godforsaken place. Speaking of Vietnam and places like it, Afghanistan. Let us introduce for the first time on the show, Amber Smith, former deputy assistant to the Secretary of Defense. Amber, that's a sweet gig. How'd you score that gig? Hey, Jesse. Well, I joined the Trump administration right in the beginning of, or right after the inauguration in 2017, uh, just having some background in national security and politics and foreign policy, all that fun stuff. Be honest, does it feel super important rolling into the Secretary of Defense's office? Like, do you feel like you're in one of those uh, Tom Clancy novels? Uh, I wouldn't say it's that dramatic at all unfortunately Dang it. i hate to let everybody down but <laughs> i mean it was it was it was pretty neat to get to to serve in the pentagon and, and see the inner workings of government um both the good and the bad speaking of the bad afghanistan amber what went wrong what is going wrong well it's started to go wrong when we switched from our initial mission, which was to go and destroy al-Qaeda and to punish the Taliban for harboring al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, and started to focus on nation-building and building up the Afghan government um, is, is initially where we went wrong. From there, it just went on to administration to administration to um, military generals who can't describe uh, our strategy because there is no end state. You can't have a strategy for something that you don't even know what you're trying to accomplish. And so we, we've seen here we are at almost 20 years of fighting in Afghanistan. And unfortunately, uh, well, thankfully we do have President Trump who, who sees the big picture, which is we need to leave Afghanistan. There is no military solution to what is going on in Afghanistan. Um, and we really need to get back to focusing on what our strategic interests are with our own national security. And that does not include what we're currently doing in Afghanistan. But unfortunately, the Afghanistan, the U.S. Afghanistan Taliban peace deal is not necessarily the way out. The Taliban has proved their intentions time and time again, um, regardless of if the deal succeeds, whether it fails. The Taliban is coming for Kabul. That's their ultimate goal is to regain power in Afghanistan, and they will. Amber, what is the way out? The 
way out is we do not need the Taliban's permission to leave. Um, I am all for leaving Afghanistan. At some point, a leadership decision has to be made that we can leave tomorrow. And the outcome is the same if we stay for 10 more years and then someone makes the decision to leave. The only difference is that there's going to be more dead Americans who fought in Afghanistan for a senseless war with no mission. Uh, so it's time to leave Afghanistan. There are ways to counter counterterrorism um, in 2020. Um, the way that intelligence is shared is way different than 9-11. You're going to hear the critics talk about, well, if we leave Afghanistan, you're going to see our adversaries looking to gain some of the influence that the United States had when they left. Okay, a lot of our adversaries' influence is already there. And the Taliban isn't looking for a U.S. replacement um, in just a Russia or a Iran or a Pakistan. It's already there. Um, Taliban wants to rule. They don't need any influence from any of those nations. Um, and so it's, it's time to go. Somebody just has to make that very hard decision. Unfortunately, in Washington, D.C., it is much easier to stick with the status quo than it is to make the hard decisions leave. And Congress needs to start answering for why they continue to fund a war with no mission. Explain to people who get confused. They know Donald Trump wants out of Afghanistan, and thank, thank Lord he does. Why aren't we out then? He's the commander-in-chief. I know, but break it down for them. So... Every time, like people have probably paid attention, every single time President Trump, you know, goes with his gut instinct, which is correct, that we need to leave Afghanistan, you see Washington, D.C. come unglued. And you see everybody come out in Congress. You've seen amendments to bills, um, including Republicans who try to block the president from withdrawing troops. Um, this is, a lot of it is for show, but it's politics at its worst. Uh, like, I want to say, why? What is your purpose? We see this, like, Trump derangement syndrome where uh, the president proposes policy to bring Afghanistan war to an end, bring the troops home, and people want to block that solely because the president wants to do that. So that's not in the best interest of the United States national security. It's not in the best interest of our troops or the taxpayer dollar. But we've seen this, like, hatred of the decisions that the president makes block common sense. And so when the president does try to make a decision to uh, bring the troops home, he's met with extreme resistance of, you know, different branches of government and even people within the administration who are very pro-war, pro-intervention, and would like to see us stay in the Middle East until the end of time. Andrew, uh, why had their way. Why does he have people in his administration who are so opposed to his foreign policy? The foreign policy I love, by the way. Yeah, I think that it's gotten better. I think in the beginning there was a lot of learning for everybody in terms of what Washington, D.C. politics was like and actually how tough and swampy it is. And I think so for the first probably two years there was a big learning curve in terms of people coming into the administration with their own agenda. You know, we most recently saw it with John Bolton, where why on earth are these people coming into Afghanistan or coming into the administration with their own political agenda? It's not their job to 
um, you know, to create policy for the administration. It's their job to enact the president's policy. So we saw so many people working against the president, um, you know, flashback to 2016. A lot of people were very unhappy that the president was elected. And so a lot of people went into the administration thinking they were going to be the savior um, of the American people when the American people were the ones who voted in Donald Trump. So it's it's really sad, actually, to see what has unfolded, because this is not the way that it's supposed to supposed to work. Um, the people should respect the way the American people voted. And if they want to make some changes, they can do it in the next election cycle, not fight the administration from within and leak classified information that hurts America as a whole. Um, so I just think it has to do with a whole. The president has, you know, had a hard has a hard has had a hard time with some of his advisors and cabinet members and trusted advisors. So I think it comes down to trust. But I also think he likes that uh, different opinion. So where. He thinks we should leave Afghanistan. I think he likes people giving him different points of views and playing devil's advocate, which is fine, which is good when you're a leader to have those different points of view. So you're not just like living in your own little bubble. But as long as you are able to stick with what your ultimate decision making is and not be over influenced when the influence is incorrect. Amber Smith, thank you so much for giving us some wisdom today. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. Have a good one. Be good. I really wanted the sec def thing to be really cool, Chris, but you know what sucks? You know she's right. All that stuff looks so good in the movies, and it's so lame in real life. You know what's amazing to me? I notice it now because I had a cop buddy of mine point it out, and I never really would have noticed before how nice all the police stations look in the movies and TV shows. They're always these pristine, (laughs) it looks like, it looks like some fancy shopping mall. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Have you ever been so confident in a product of yours that you would let somebody try it for 60 days risk-free? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't been, but just know that's ebb sleep. Ebb sleep is so sure that you are going to get their product, use their product, product and sleep like a baby with their product they let you try it risk-free for 60 days that's beyond confident that's absurd but it does work i'm not telling you something i don't know personally it works you put it on it provides precise continuous cooling to your forehead puts you asleep faster and keeps you asleep all night long Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryeb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse for 25 bucks off.
Everybody remembers the McCloskeys. You probably don't remember the name. You don't know what I'm talking about right now. But the McCloskeys were that couple in St. Louis. Democrats, I should mention. Civil rights attorney Democrats, I think, if I remember right. Staying in some mansion in St. Louis because they're rich. They're both lawyers or something like that. Black Lives Matter protesters kicked down their gate with a private property sign on it. They kick down the gate, storm into their yard, and, well, they start threatening the couple. Couple comes out, dude's holding holding an AR, lady is holding a pistol very poorly, I don't even know if you want to call that holding it, Guarding his property, thinks his family's about to be attacked by a mob, which look at the news. That's, I mean, okay. He's standing on his front lawn holding it. I want you to listen to Tucker Carlson real quick, and then we're going to talk about this couple. What do you make of the media response? You were lectured on another channel by a guy who's repeatedly threatened violence against people, actually threatened violence against people for getting in his space, and yet he dressed you down for defending your home. What do you make of that? Well, you know, the, 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 the traditional media is right behind the, uh, the mob. I mean, we're not allowed to use that word anymore. The, the large crowd of angry people and are, are supporting these entities, which are, from my understanding, Marxists and oppose everything that I stand for and I hold dear and near. And we've gotten tremendous support from ordinary people. My, my phones and my, my emails are running about 90% positive now. We've gotten calls from all over the world. I got a nice letter from a lady in Ireland this morning congratulating us for taking a stand against the violence. And so I think the vast majority of Americans wish they could do something. The problem is that if nobody stands up and supports them, if the media blasts them, if they... I'm self-employed. I mean, I own, own my own law firm. But what if I was an employee somewhere? If I did what I did and I was an employee of anybody else, I'd have been canned the next day. My family would have been canned. Uh, no one would ever get a job again. This is the kind of social pressure that keeps people from standing up and defending themselves. That's right. I think it's, it's time for people to, to take a different stand, to actually stand up and have some risk. I mean, Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. Now everybody's afraid of losing their job. That was Mr. McCloskey there. He is now out there saying he has a rumor they're going to be indicted for defending their home. And what, what I've heard from people is this. What you hear about is, what about the law? You can't, you can't indict them for that. What about the law? This is going to be difficult to hear. I try not to make this too dark, <laughs> too doom and gloom. There's a great line from Pompey Magnus, the great ancient Roman general, When they were busy, he was working for Sulla at the time, and they were kicking indoors and killing rich people and stealing their money and murdering a bunch of Romans and such. And I believe it was a senator. Somebody was yelling at him that it was illegal. And Pompey Magnus turns to the guy and says to him, Do not quote laws to men with swords. There is nothing as big 
There's nothing as big of a self-deception out there as there is of people in a society convincing themselves you are governed by laws. You are hemmed in by laws. The people in power are hemmed in by laws. That is such a lie. That's such a comforting baby blankie lie that is not grounded in reality at all. What about the law? Why is this couple going to be indicted? Why are they setting criminals free in leftist cities across the United States of America? Why are all these scumbags being let off scot-free while business owners are going to jail in handcuffs and pastors? Why are all these things happening? What about the law? What about the Constitution? There is no law in a late-stage empire. Laws are for an early-stage empire. We are a late-stage empire. There is now, as ugly as it is, there is now power, not laws. There's power. Why is this couple indicted? Why are the scumbags being let out of jail? Because the leftists figured out a long, long time ago, we need to stack the courts. We need to stack the DA offices. Who gets charged? Who doesn't get charged? There's a district attorney for that. I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm trying to make you understand where we live now. I know you want to believe we we have laws. There have been so many laws violated in the past few months. It's staggering. Hang on. HomeTitleLock.com is a place you should go right now while I'm talking to you. Just go register your address and see if you're already a victim of home title theft. You know your home title's online now, right? It's not a piece of paper in a bank vault somewhere. Your home title is online. These cyber criminals can get their hands on them. Get your signature on it. They know how to do that, all of it electronically. And then they take a loan out against it. And you know what you get? Kicked out of your home. I'm not making that up for effect. People are getting kicked out of their homes because of home title theft. That can happen to you unless you have HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address. See if you're a victim. While you're there, use the code JESSE. Get yourself 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. What about the law? Do you know how many laws governors 
and mayors have violated in the past few months alone? You realize, I mean, some of these are, some of these lockdowns and such are excused by, well, it's an emergency situation. Some of these things are absolutely not. These people are all eventually going to get sued into oblivion. What about the law? We are a late stage empire. And when things begin to break down as they do, as they are now in late stage empires, what about the law? (sighs) There isn't one. Buy guns and ammunition. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. How broken are we? Well, we'll get back to that in a minute. I can't do any more of that. So get this, Chris. A lot of people want to know how how did I turn out this way? I understand that my gaping, gaping personality flaws turn out to make some decent radio for some reason. I have no idea why people find this entertaining, but I get it. It's it's almost like a sideshow or a car crash. You're going to stop and look. I realize it's a disaster here. I know I'm not pretending it's otherwise. Like I've always told you, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm changing the world. I am leading the charge. I, I can't do it. It's just radio, dude. I'm just trying to make your day a little better for about 15 minutes on the way home from work. Maybe on the maybe you podcast the show after it's done and listen to it while you clean the house, ladies. Are we allowed? To, oh, sorry, Chris. I don't know the modern rules. Whatever. But this is a perfect example of why I am the way I am. The wife and kids are out of town this week. Here's the deal. My folks live in Montana. They don't want to come down here. They're very much Montana people. They need their space. It's fine. They had a place down here for a while. It's too freaking hot. They just sold it and left. But I have two sons, 9 and 11, 
and my folks want to see those kids. Now, they don't really want to see me so much. You'll, you'll figure this out. Once you have kids, you're chopped liver. I'm just a son. They want to see the kids. So the boys are old enough now. We have done this before where you can get them a ticket now, plane ticket, and they can fly on their own. Now, there are all kinds of rules governing this. Don't think we're just kicking them out at the curb at the airport and saying, have a nice flight and just banking for the best. You got to take them to the, to the airplane, to the, to the check-in. And then they're going to give the parents a wristband so we can get through security. You have to walk them through security and then wait for them until they board the plane. There's no connecting flight. And then my folks are there to get them when they get off the plane. You have to give the names ahead of time. It's, it's extensive, but also understand that because of what I do and because I have an insane, crazy life, these kids have flown their entire lives. Their entire lives. And not only have they flown, my children, I understand I'm not a great father, but my children know how to conduct themselves in public. They know how to conduct themselves on a plane. We have always worked with them, and I highly encourage you to do this with your children, by the way. There's no harm in it. Hand your children a plane ticket after you get it and tell your children, get us to our gate. Well, what do we, what do we, don't, don't turn and ask me, get us to our gate. All the information you need is right there on that ticket. Let them figure it out. Flight number, destination. Oh, there's a monitor up there. I better go over. Match the flight number. Track it over. Find the gate. Look up at the signs overhead. Which terminal? Which gate are we going? Make them figure it out. Provide a little health, health, healthy guidance along the way, but make them figure it out. We've done that extensively with our kids. Now they do it to show off. We want them to do it. You know, well, it's just, it's not even about finding your way through an airport. It's about learning to figure things out for yourself. Think for yourself. When we travel, we always actually give them cash when they want to go eat too. When they want to go. Now we watch them from a distance. No, you go order, look someone in the eye, enunciate, count your change, pay them, so on and so forth. Go. Disappear. So they could do it, and my children know when you're in a restaurant, when you're in public, when you're on a plane, you don't sit and make a loud idiot of yourself. You will be quiet, and you will be respectful in public. They don't do that in our home. They don't do that in our car. Now, I have no problem with them being boys. You want to be loud and scream and rough house. You are more than welcome to. There's the backyard. Have a good time. And they get that. There is a time and place for everything. So we have no problem and have sent them on their own several times. My folks wanted them this week. No problem. You can have them. Send them up there for a week. Of course, coronavirus has to ruin everything. Coronavirus causes flights to cancel. Now there's no flights available up to that place where they're going. Now they have to have a connecting flight. And while they could do it, that's a bridge too far for the wife. And frankly, probably for me too, to be honest. That's, that's, that's asking a lot. Hey, go change planes in Denver. Now they could do it. 
I have no doubt they could do it. I don't necessarily want my kids wandering through the Denver airport on their own, especially not with the absolute monsters out there these days. No, I'm not doing that. So the old lady says, well, I'll just go up there with them. She'd go up, relax, kids hang with the grandparents, good to go, right? No, No issues at all. Everything is totally fine until yesterday when they left. They left yesterday afternoon. They are heading for the airport about the time I'm heading home from the studio. I look down. I see I have two or three missed calls from the wife and a couple missed text messages. She does not do that ever. If I have that, something's wrong. I call right back. They're on the way to the airport. My oldest son has a sore throat and a cough and he's exhausted. And my mother, where they're going, my mother has bad lungs. Always has some lung stuff going on. It's not lung cancer or anything like that. She just doesn't have great lungs, you know? I mean, bad lungs. Well, what do you think my wife's thinking at this point in time? Does he have Does he have the coronavirus? Can we even Can we even travel? Can we take him around your mother? Now he had no fever or anything like that, and strep throat is going around. But now you're at the point of no return. Now you really can't even turn around. So okay, all right. You know what? Make sure you mask him up. Sanitize everything, mask him up, tuck him away in a corner, just get there. Flying through Denver. Flights late taking off from Houston. They land, I get text messages, say a prayer. Our next flight's already boarding and we just landed on the ground with a sick kid who's getting sicker by the second in Denver. I mean, everything was, everybody was healthy that morning. Take, I'm like, oh gosh. They book it through the airport with a sick kid who's just absolutely dragging at this point. They book it through the airport, gets on the next connecting flight, and I'm getting all these updates by phone and text message and whatnot. Get to the connecting flight. It's delayed too, on the ground. Everybody's boarded. It's delayed on the ground, and now it's late. Now the kids are getting tired. The oldest is sick as a dog. The wife's like, this is a disaster. Oh, but it gets better. We're going to get to why I am the way I am. Hang on a sec. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Know the best thing about the Raycon earbuds? Well, best thing maybe putting it to a stretch. The best thing was probably how easy it was to Bluetooth them. I essentially turned them on. (laughs) Then I pulled out my phone and selected the Raycon and it was done. So that may be the best thing, but... The second best thing is the fact that I have so many controls on my ears. 
They're totally wireless, so you can't. You, I mean, you can hardly tell I have them in, but I can turn the volume up. I can turn the volume down. I can fast forward. I can rewind. I can turn them off while they're in my ears, or I just put them back in the little slit. It's got the slick little case that comes with them. I put them back in the case and close it, and as soon as I close it, they turn off. As soon as I open it, they turn back on. When I'm putting them in my ears, I hear them turn on. That's cool. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you an extra 15% off. They get there to Montana late last night. The kid is sick as a dog. By the way, he had smell and taste. Like I said, it's not it's not coronavirus, but he's sick. I'm almost positive it's strep. Strep throat's going around down here. Sick as sick as a dog. Up till midnight, miserable as can be. Throat hurts as dead. Gets up this morning on five or six hours of sleep. Now this is my child. I have two different ones, very different ones. My youngest, he's fine. Seven, eight hours of sleep. He's good to go. Bit of a night out. He'll stay up all night reading. What a nerd. My oldest needs a lot of sleep. He's on six, seven hours of sleep, exhausted, sick. Should have brought my Ebb sleep along, Chris. I'm not even kidding. I actually probably should have sent the Ebb sleep along. If I'd known he was going to have such a bad night of sleep, I'd have sent the Ebb sleep along for him. But still. Gets up this morning, and my old man had previously scheduled to take the boys whitewater rafting. Now, I know most of you have never been whitewater rafting, so let me explain in case you don't know what I'm talking about. In the Rocky Mountains, in mountain areas, there are rivers. Obviously, this is not breaking news. In lots of places in those rivers, it gets dangerously fast. There are rocks. There are, there are, it's almost like a roller coaster, little half waterfalls. In, and they have whitewater rafting for recreation up there where you have to put on a life jacket. You have to put on a helmet because it can get very dangerous out there. Although they've got it figured out. I mean, they have professionals and whatnot. And you all go get on a big raft, a big inflatable raft. And you whitewater raft down the river, and it is a freaking blast. If you ever get the chance to do it, do it. Yes, the water's cold because it's always mountain water. It's glacier water. I'm telling you, it's so much freaking fun. You go whitewater rafting in the summertime, it is a blast. It's a natural roller coaster. And you have these moments of total calm where you're drifting through nature, clean air, pine trees, and then wild, and then calm, and then it's a blast. My kids love it because my kids are just beasts like that. They had previously scheduled to take them whitewater rafting. The wife texts me this morning. The kid is wiped out. He is wiped out. He can hardly move. Now, this child never stops moving. He's so wiped out he can hardly move. She even sends me a picture of him. He's laying his head on the kitchen counter, sitting on a stool, trying to go back to sleep. My dad is making him go whitewater rafting today. 
that's that's why I am the way I am. People want to know. That's the reason. That what, Chris? I'm not. I, oh, Chris said, but that's a good dad. I love that I had a dad like that. I think I think a dad like that prepares you for life. I do. I'm glad I had a a sweet, caring mother, and I'm glad I had a dad like that. I am. Bit of a jerk. I'm a jerk. I, I, I realize I'm glad I had one. I mean, look, I've told this story before, but remember the crucible? I've told you about the crucible. It's the end of boot camp where it's that miserable end of boot camp where you have to do all the hiking and obstacles and guys get broken. I kept a picture of my father inside my cover, inside my hat. So anytime I thought about quitting, I would look at it and think about what he would say to me if I thought about that. And I never quit. So I, I want a dad like that. But it was so bad this morning. The kid's so sick. I even texted my dad. I said, that kid really needs rest. So my dad, all he texts back to me is, he's fine. (laughs) He's absolutely not fine. But my dad continues to insist, oh, he needs some fresh air. But that's how he does things. When I would get sick, and he does this to himself when he's sick, so it's not hypocritical or anything like that. When I would get sick, He would make me exercise because he thinks you can, and I quote, this is a direct quote, you can sweat it out. (laughs) It's like, that's like the opposite of rest. That doesn't, that doesn't work at all. But that's what my dad does. That's who my dad is. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I am the way I am. That's why I'm this way. So when I see things like schools aren't going to reopen, it blows me away. We, we realize this virus, I mean, by all accounts at this point in time, poses almost no danger to children, right? What are we doing? What are we doing as a society stopping returning to school when the virus have you have you can you wrap your mind around that i talked earlier today about how crazy it is everything we've done for a virus with 99.98% survivability it's just insane how are we even considering adjusting the school schedule when the virus poses virtually no danger to kids none how's that how is it possible we have li- we exist now in this completely crazy world that doesn't exist reality at all? It doesn't I mean it doesn't acknowledge reality at all. How did we get here? I'll never understand it. I, I feel like I'm living on a different planet from everybody else. That's what it feels like. I feel like I'm on a separate planet. It's nuts. If you missed any part of our show, including the awesome open today with DMBM Foo. That was sweet, wasn't it, Chris? That's a cool battle. If you missed that, the entire show is podcasted right after the show by Chris on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's podcasted on iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes so it automatically downloads. Leave a five-star review if you subscribe. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. 
That part is important. And if you only want to do the history thing because time's a factor or that's really all you like, that is actually separated out for you too. Chris separates out the history segment. You can just listen to that. I know people do that. And guess what? I'm not offended at all. I think that's freaking awesome. I'm glad y'all enjoy it. I enjoy doing it. If you want to email me, email me jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Again, I will read them all. They go to Chris. Chris prints them out for me, and I read them. So feel free to keep doing that. Chris, BK is coming up, and here's the situation we have with BK. As everybody knows, BK, because he's a degenerate human being, he he texts me pictures of himself working out whenever he see he'll the night before he'll always ask the night before he's on he always asks whether he's on the next day now he knows he's on the next day he's on every single tuesday at this time coming up if i respond in any way he'll respond by texting me back a picture of himself working out specifically because i've told him not to and he's a sick degenerate so last night he texts Tomorrow with a question mark and I picked it up and I actually had typed out yes and I deleted it and just set the phone down. Now here's the question. Does he answer the phone when we call because I didn't confirm and does he choose to just send the picture anyway because you know he's dying to send the picture? We're about to find out. Hang on. There is a real problem out there with people's security system. It's too complicated. People get these security systems, and it's way too complicated. You don't know what you're doing. And the text shows up. You don't know what he's talking about. A security system should be easy. A security system should be simple. That's the best kind of system, one you know. That's why I love Simply Safe so much. It's not just because they're monitored 24 hours a day, seven days a week by a professional. I love that. I love Simply Safe because it's so easy. You go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse. You order. You get a box. You open the box. You place the sensors and you plug it in. And that's it. Now you're monitored 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse, that gets you free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simplysafe.com slash Jesse. Joining me now, against my better judgment, former Air Force PJ and host of World News with BK, the only weekly podcast you need. I'm telling you people, it kills. Granted, the language is a little different than what you hear on this show, but it kills. (laughs) BK, let's get it over with. What is it, first of all? Oh, 
well, okay. So my, my big finish, Jesse, and for your listeners who don't know, on the podcast, I like to finish with a story that really illustrates where we are as a human race, you know, like a positive, something to leave the listeners with a good feeling about humanity. Mm-hmm. And uh, so last week's big finish was this sheriff's deputy in Richmond County, Georgia, and he was basically, hmm, how should I put this? He was, he, the man was caught pleasuring himself at a, in a sauna at a gold gym. And what I thought was amusing was that there was actually a guy in the sauna with him who didn't really care for it. And the guy gets up and leaves. And at that point, you'd think the deputy would be like, you know what? Maybe, okay, he wasn't into it. I gave it a shot. Maybe I should put it away and go home. But no, this guy keeps going. So the staff like sends the janitor in, which is also another funny detail. They they, they don't go in. They send the janitor in to go get him. Well, it's got to be done finally, by now. And finally, no, he was not though. Lamar Andrews, twenty nine years old, uh, then finally figured it out. He got up and walked out. Of course, by then they had his car and everything on surveillance, and he has been relieved of duty from his sheriff's deputy. Uh, job so there you go jesse i always try to you know end on a positive note thank you bk very very much appreciate that i mean i i support him i thought this was america but oh well (laughs) i mean come on man once the dude gets up and leaves bro that's like you know pick up on read the room you know what i'm saying bk i think we need an update as much as you can, because I know you were involved in this world, but I find this world fa- uh, fascinating. I read this great book on the private contractor world called Zero Footprint, and I found it right. to be an awesome book. I don't know if you've read it, but explain, because I know you were in that world, explain that world and, and you know the different groups in that world and what you do. Well, there's a there's a whole like there is a whole system. I mean, there's private if you're doing security contracting overseas, you could be just standing on a wall for $200 an hour, having to wear a uniform, doing a formation. That's like the low end. But at the high end, you have contractors at various agencies like CIA, like the NSA, uh, and they're making very good money. And they're taking basically their job is to protect their client who are direct hire, you know, CIA agents or NSA personnel when they're going out and doing their mission in bad guy country. And some of those guys can make very good money. And it's a, it's a cool lifestyle, especially if you're like a single dude, still pretty young coming out of the military. And, you know, now you can make say like 800 bucks a day and who knows even more sometimes on top of that. Now I will say that the salad days of the overseas security contractor from everything I'm hearing are kind of diminished greatly. Because I've I've talked to some friends, for example, in Afghanistan on very good contracts, on the higher-end contracts, and they just sent, like, tons of dudes home. Everything there is wrapping up. Uh, You have the quarantine stuff to deal with. The COVID-19 is, like, ravaging Afghanistan now. So now you have to, like, you know, fly into country and quarantine before you can even go on base. Stuff like that. But in the old days, it was crazy. Like, those old days in Baghdad, like, you know, 2006, 2007, Blackwater, all that. I mean, it was shoot first, ask questions later. You know, your people, a guy gets too too close to you behind your vehicle in a convoy going through Baghdad. You're opening up the door, cracking the door, and like sending rounds at his car like right away. <laughs> they they didn't they weren't screwing around. And then you know, the as the threat de-escalated, you know, they had they started piling rules on top of rules. The rules of engagement became completely insane. 
And uh, so now it's, it's a lot different now. Are there still some like kind of underground shady things that go on? Absolutely. But you know how that works. Look at those guys who tried to invade South America. You know, it always, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get mixed up in any of it. Yeah, because you don't know what you're getting into. But some guy would, it could easily, they have those operations where dudes are wave bags of cash at you. They're like, hey, you know, it's just, we're, we're going to invade South America. We got the whole blessing of the United States government. And then it turns into a giant crap show. And next thing you know, you're in a foreign prison looking at the rest of your life. So it's just uh, be very, very careful if you are thinking about going into overseas contracting. I can talk all day on it, Jesse, but it's a fascinating topic. Do I, I find it fascinating, too. And I'm sure people are curious. Why are they hiring somebody private to, you know, watch somebody in the CIA's back when we have our own guys? Why go private? What's the advantage? Well, for well, at least when I was in with my job, you know, you're a 1099 employee, right? Which basically means you're a contractor. They can cut you loose at any time. Uh, there were no benefits at all. You know, you were. I was getting paid at one point. I was making, you know, like anywhere between like six and eight hundred bucks a day. There were no taxes taken out. It was a straight like it was. It was a daily rate, and you were responsible for all your own stuff. I'm talking your own health care, your own 401k. All that stuff. So I'm assuming it's cheaper than the government directly hiring people and then having to offer them all these federal benefits like pensions, life insurance, uh, health insurance and all that. I mean, it must be cheaper. And plus with with a contractor, which and it happened all the time, a little misbehavior or a guy gets too drunk at the embassy overseas, whatever, he's gone. He's on a plane the next day, period, end of story, you're gone, wipe your hands with you, you're out. Whereas, you know, there's federal protection rules for all kinds of employees. And I saw State Department employees, CIA employees make absolute asses of themselves uh, on all kinds of alcohol overseas and do all kinds of crap. But they had a lot more protection. You can't just fire those people. You might be able to send them away or something, but they're not going to lose their jobs. With a contractor, you're at the whim of whatever, and they will cut you loose in a heartbeat. I mean, if you look at the – it was always either booze or broads is the famous saying. You know, those are the two things that will get you in trouble overseas (laughs) or those two items. Those are the the two things that get you in trouble everywhere. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, the rules don't change, right? And so, like, uh, but that's, I just assume it was cheaper for them to hire the contracting company and, like, have them handle all the training and all the other things. And the contracting company was making tons of money. All right. Explain to me exactly how how the units are made up when you have – what's the training like? Do they do they make you train? Do you train on your own? Are they, oh, yeah. are they former SF guys, all of them? Are they foreign guys? Are they all American? What's it like? Yeah, again, the, again, it kind of depends on the contract. But, like, the highest tier, I would say, is, you know, the these mobile contractors for, uh, you know, CIA, NSA, other companies. And and basically, yeah, the, the, the stringent criteria was enforced. I mean, you had to have be in a special operations unit. Uh, when I was, I was usually, it was almost always like SF guys, Green Berets, Rangers, uh, SEALs. Uh, there was a few of us PJs running around. And yeah, you had to go get assessed. And there was a P, it was like, you know, it was like PT test. It went on for a couple of weeks. And the shooting, especially at those high level courses, was very tough very tough shooting and you had to pass all these different uh, shooting stations just for example like uh, one drill pistol that you had to pass was like a 10 meters 
from the 10 meter line with a concealed holster. So you had to have your shirt over your holster and you had four seconds from 10 meters to draw and shoot two to the chest, one in the head. And you had to hit every headshot and you had to do that three times. And if you missed one headshot, that was it. You failed and you're out. I mean, you get a couple cracks at it, but still it was really tough. I would so love, very high, very high standards. I, I would love for people. I mean, I'm worried somebody's going to not unload their weapon properly. I, but I would love for people to just practice that in front of the mirror w- at home to realize how difficult that is to even extract your weapon in the proper fighting position. That takes yep. time. That takes muscle memory. That takes you spend hours when you're not even putting rounds downrange practicing that crap. Yeah, and one of the good things they did actually with that is they we actually had a week on they they gave you a good shot because they get we had like a week on the range and then they tested you. So you uh. know like so even if you hadn't shot for a while uh, but you still had to have the resume. And, yeah, and you couldn't stand there, like, all ready to go either. You had to stand, like, casual. BK, so when they said that, that hey, timer went off, you had to go. Can you hold off? For, and can you do one more segment today? Yeah, let's do it. All right, hang on one sec. Jesse Kelly Show. HomeTitleLock.com is a place you should go right now while I'm talking to you. Just go register your address and see if you're already a victim of home title theft. You know your home title's online now, right? It's not a piece of paper in a bank vault somewhere. Your home title is online. These cyber criminals can get their hands on them. Get your signature on it. They know how to do that, all of it electronically. And then they take a loan out against it. And you know what you get? Kicked out of your home. I'm not making that up for effect. People are getting kicked out of their homes because of home title theft. That can happen to you unless you have HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address. See if you're a victim. While you're there, use the code JESSE. Get yourself 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. We still have the great BK on here with the World News with BK podcast. BK, what what has happened to us as a country? I, I, I was thinking about this last night, and I know we've, we've probably talked about this before. And I, I'm trying to wrap my mind around what we've done economically, what we've done freedom-wise, what we've done to the mental health of a nation for a virus with a survivability rate of 99.98%. And I honestly, I, I, I got to thinking last night, imagine telling any world leader, any nation leader at any other point in the history of man that they have to do what we've done to our economy for a virus with that kind of survivability. Yeah, I don't know, Jesse. I mean, you know, you and I have been talking about this. and cover- I mean, I started covering this virus back when before we even knew what was going on, like in December and January. We started, start, start, first started hearing rumors about this thing coming out of China. And at this point, I just wonder what the end game is, uh, because there's no doubt it's very serious if you're especially if you're an older person with underlying health conditions. I mean, it's killed a lot of people, but 
it does. It's almost non-existent in young people. And for the young people who do get it, the most they have, if they have any symptoms at all, it's like a mild uh, few days of like uh, what's been described to me as a cold from the few people I know who've had it. So I just don't really know what the end game is here. I mean, are we supposed to live the rest of our lives like this? I mean, it was all about like flattening the curve. Daily deaths have gone down. The media keeps focusing on the rising case numbers, which is true. I mean, they're blowing up here in California. And if, if only we could see huge gatherings a few weeks ago that might have contributed to the sudden increase in cases. But the media has instructed me that those gatherings of hundreds of thousands of people here in California had absolutely nothing to do with the current rise in cases. They've been assuring me of that. But the, at the bottom line, though, the death count still goes down. The average seven-day running average of death has been trending down and it has been for some time. So at this point, I just don't know what the goal is because Gavin Newsom out here in California, Jesse, you know, we're going backwards. He just ordered another lockdown oh. again. All the bars are closed. All restaurant indoor seating is closed. Those who have outdoor seating can still serve. But, I mean, who even wants to go? Like, you have to keep your mask on and it's just it's just the worst. And the gyms are closed again here. Barbershops are closed again. And I just don't know what the end game is here. How are we supposed to live? What, how are we supposed to have a functioning economy here? And, where, and when does it all end? Is it going to end? And then what happens when there's another virus next year? So I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. And at a certain point of time, you have to accept that old sick people are going to die. It's an unfortunate fact of life. And the best way to you know, guard yourself against any virus is to maintain a healthy lifestyle, be jacked and tan like BK, obviously. And, uh, you know, that way your body will ward off the virus. The virus is going to take one look at your rippling abdominal veins, Jesse, and be like, I just don't want any part of that. You idiot. All right. What is what is the BK workout program? Are you body weight stuff? You lift weights? Do you go sprint? Do you do MMA? What do you do? Well, so like, you know, I've had to change it a lot over the years. So any, so if like for, if you're a young person and you're going into special operations, I would say train for the job you want, right? So you're going to be doing like lots of rucking and you're going to be doing lots of body weight stuff like push-ups, just like the Marine Corps and pull-ups and stuff like that. So those are the things you concentrate on. I mean, then when I was a contractor and there was nothing else to do but lift, I got all huge and I was lifting like huge weights and getting uh, just jacked. Uh. But now, you know, I mean, I'm in my 40s, you know, it's not that easy anymore. So I try to, like, maintain strength and flexibility. One thing I highly recommend that I've been doing actually every day is um, I try to do at least 10 Turkish get-ups every day with a very heavy kettlebell. And it's a, it's a, it's a butt kicker for sure. If you don't know what a Turkish get-up is, I should put out a exercise video please, with me wearing very, please very skimpy. Do not skimpy put out shorts. an exercise video, please. Could you just describe it to us so we don't have to look at it, please? Jesse, I already have the silkies on, uh, and they're, as per usual, they're a size too small. I mean, they're really <laughs> shocking. They show, they're showing like, they're showing a lot. Okay, I'm not going to lie. So when I make my exercise video, I'm going to be wearing my too small silkies, Jesse. The thigh veins, Jesse, are going to be popping oh, out. It's going to be breathtaking. You're going to love it. I'll send it to you. Don't worry. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. <laughs> Goodbye, BK. Thanks, Jesse. I can't, Chris. I can't. That's our feeling host. What have we done? This is why somehow 
this show has not only gone national, it's expanding. We just got word yesterday. We can't reveal it yet. It's expanding to yet another major U.S. city. How is it that people have such poor taste? I mean, I'm no, I'm not even kidding. I'm thrilled people like the show. Obviously, I'm thrilled because I like doing what I do for a living. But it really makes me look around and wonder, what's wrong with you people? If you enjoy this, there's probably something sick within your head. Like that meme Chris shared on the Jesse Kelly Show page, the Vietnam meme, that's hilarious. But there's also something wrong with you if you think it's funny. <laughs> Remember, you can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Hang on, one more quick sec. can try an ebb sleep for 60 days risk-free that is a very very big deal because it tells me what well, told me beforehand i know the truth now but it tells me they're not just trying to get you to buy the product it tells me they're very very proud of what they've come up with there and they should be because i'm telling you i i know what it's like to pop a sleeping bill or sleeping pill or two i do and I know that how I feel after natural sleep with no chemicals, no medication from Ebb Sleep, it cannot be replaced by anything else. Go to tryebb.com slash jesse. Check out what I'm talking about. While you're there, get one. Don't forget to use the promo code jesse. Get you 25 bucks off. And just know this, risk-free for 60 nights. Tryeb.com slash jesse. Tryebb.com slash jesse. Just one quick final note. We'll probably talk about this a little tomorrow, but... It is truly good to be a Democrat. I'm reading this uh, this from Bill Hammond. I don't know who he is, but I want to give him credit. Quote, if America's coronavirus ended today, we could safely declare that New York had among the worst responses on the planet with nearly 400,000 confirmed cases and more deaths than all but four other countries. And Andrew Cuomo has been sainted by the media in another planet where Andrew Cuomo is a Republican. This is the political scandal of the last 50 years. This ends his career. He resigns in shame if he's a Republican because of the media and public outcry. Instead, he's a Democrat. Hardly a peep. Hardly even a peep. That's all.
Jesse Kelly Show. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org.
The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time 